1: the Gulf South, it's seven a.m. Time to wake up on Capital Community Media.
2: Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Friday morning. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with David Dawson. Hey Dave. Hey just the two Gabby. of us. I know,
3: just the two of us. <laughs> Damian Collada is out. He is doing just fine. He's just on a Manresa retreat, which is so so important uh, to go on. Mm-hmm. So I'm, we're, we're, I'm throwing prayers his way, and I'm sure he's throwing prayers our way too. But it's a very peaceful place to be this weekend. And Gabby, I noticed. Uh it was raining. I could hear the rain hitting the roof at your house in Bay St. Louis, and then uh, it just finished raining a little while ago here. I think there's more to come, but I have a feeling it's, it's kind of nice out there comfort wise, but I think that's it for the whole weekend. It's about to get real cold, huh? Mm.
2: Yes, it is. See, you got your weather and report in, and you didn't think that it. was
3: going to happen, but I'm giving weather today. How about that? Don't...
2: We don't want to talk about it. If you're watching on the video stream you can see Karen's beautiful graphic there. But we just don't want to talk about anything below seventy degrees.
3: Yeah, I know. Exactly. Um, (laughs) Dave, we have a wonderful show
2: but yeah. yeah. Let's start off with some prayer because uh, we need some as we enter into the weekend and thanking God for a beautiful, wonderful week. Uh, no matter what life threw at us this week, we are yes. here and uh, we're starting off fresh on this Friday morning, if you don't mind leading us. Not prayer, at Dave. all.
3: Not at all. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Clothe us, Lord God, with the virtues of the heart of your Son and set us aflame with his love that conform to his image we may merit a share in eternal redemption. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. St. Marguerite Bourgeois, pray for us. Name of the Father, Son, Pray Holy Spirit, us. Amen. And actually, I know how to pronounce that name because we live in South Louisiana. How about that? <laughs>
2: there you go. We will learn more about St. Marguerite later on during our Saint of the day. But starting off at 7 after the one and only Steve Shulkins joins us. And once again, we are talking about the Men's Emmaus retreat coming up. Last year, we talked about this heavily, and we're going to talk about it again because it is a life-changing retreat for so many men we want Mm -hmm. to give you details about. Mm -hmm. Stay tuned for that. In 18 minutes, Dan Mayola joins us. He's a Catholic author. Today, he's talking about divorce and healing with his new book, Life-Giving Wounds, A Catholic Guide to Healing for Adult Children of Divorce or Separation. So, Looking forward to speaking to Dan about this topic. In 35 minutes, Nicole Jones joins us. She is a digital media manager and secretariat for communications in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Today, she'll be updating us on Diocesan News. And Anna Camacho with Corda Candles joins us in 48 minutes to talk about her business and candle making with the sense of the saints. We've talked about it before on the morning show, during our pledge drives. They smell so good. Oh yeah, <laughs> I burned a few of her candles. I want to know what inspires her. No, yes. they smell
3: so good. They don't. They don't have that. Thick, <laughs> I, I'm not a big fan of scented candles, usually because the whole room smells like a big old peach or you know vanilla or something like that. But these oh, are this, see, these like are like that. real uh, kind of a complex <laughs> fragrance. It's really really nice. It's uh, I, I like them a lot. And plus at the same time, uh, they have they have to do with saints and such. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to her about that. Those are really I, good candles. I don't
2: though. think you're I don't think you're buying the right candles if you don't like the Apparently. scent. Apparently. Right? Apparently
3: I'm not because uh, it's like, you know, why does this house, you know, smell like a big old apple? You know, it, it's, it's, you know. it's That's it's the a, best
2: though. Oh, okay. Right? okay. Not know. apple pie, you know. But. Yes, apple pie smells amazing. Uh,
3: oh, but you walk in and you, uh, you smell a little bit of incense. You smell a little bit of, ah, just, you know, these are good candles, y'all. We'll talk about that.
2: Though. Okay, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about it and then we'll... We'll learn more about the sense of the saints. We'll also learn about the gospel today. uh, Listen to some more from Father Chris Decker after the break. It's five past the hour on Wake Up.
4: Good Friday morning to you. I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's gospel comes to us from Mark chapter 2. When Jesus returned to Capernaum after some days, it became known that he was at home. Many gathered together so that there was no longer room for them, not even around the door, and he preached the word to them. They came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. Unable to get near Jesus because of the crowd, they opened up the roof above him. After they had broken through, they let down the mat on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to him, Child, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there asking themselves, Why does this man speak that way? He is blaspheming. Who but God alone can forgive sins? Jesus immediately knew in his mind what they were thinking to themselves, and so he said, Why are you thinking such things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, Rise, pick up your mat and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins on earth, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, Rise, pick up your mat, and go home. He rose, picked up his mat at once, and went away in the sight of everyone. They were all astounded and glorified God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. Thank
3: you, Father Chris Decker, for that, uh, for that gospel. And uh, right now we are joined with Steve Shokens with Shokins Communications. We're going to talk about the Men's Emmaus Retreat. Good morning, Steve.
1: Good morning, Dave, and good morning to all your listeners and to Gabby and the whole crew up there. How are you?
3: We are doing we are we are doing really well. You know, I've always loved the name of this retreat that you have here because Emmaus itself, knowing the gospel of Emmaus and everything, where, where the people are walking down the road, Christ comes up to them and pretty much explains the gospel and Himself and His tie and and everything having to do with the gospel to these guys and open their eyes, open their hearts and minds, got them really excited about the faith. How appropriate for this men's retreat, huh?
1: Yeah, the road to Emmaus is from the Luke scripture, and, you know, the line in that scripture that really comes out to me is the one, their eyes prevented from seeing him in the beginning. Uh And when I went on this retreat for the first time eight years ago, I think my eyes were closed as well. And I want to invite all the men who are listening this morning that if they think that they need you know, a spiritual awakening, if they need to recharge their spiritual batteries, if they need to open their eyes to see something that they've never seen before. I think this is their opportunity coming up February 2nd through the 4th Mm -hmm. uh, in Bay St. Louis, but we leave St. Dominic and Lakeview and provide transportation over to the Gulf Coast there in Bay St. Louis, and it's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And it's just a life-changing experience for me, and I have seen so many other guys come through this retreat with the change that changed everything for them.
3: You know, where is it for someone in their Catholic faith? I mean, who can attend? Does it matter where you are in your Catholic faith? You, you, you mentioned oh, something God. about the, the the guy's eyes, or your eyes being open. You may even think you have a strong Catholic faith, right? Uh, you know... But,
1: I think people get complacent and comfortable thinking, yeah. well, you know, I've got this. I'm, I'm I'm, living a good life. I don't need any change, but I think, I think that that's the one that needs to change the most is because our, our spiritual journey continues to evolve and to grow. And if you're stuck or complacent, this is the time for you to go to the road to Emmaus Men's Retreat, come up for a second through the fourth. It's, it's for anyone of any faith anywhere you are in your faith we've actually had an atheist before come on the retreat oh come and on that. oh wow so i mean we are open and welcome to everyone just as jesus opens his arms uh, you know to everyone so this this is the this is the deal
3: yeah so so it's not like a silent retreat or anything like that can you describe the treat retreat itself a little bit
1: well, you know, people ask me, is it like Man Reese? Is it right. like Axe? And I think they're all different. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been to all the other ones, and this one is by far, I think for me personally, it did more for my spiritual life than, than any other retreat that I've been on. Um, we kind of keep the details of the retreat a little bit close to the vest because, you know, we there is a surprise element. Uh, it's not silent per se. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's something that you have to really come and experience because if I tell you what we do, when we do it, how we do it, then, you know, the, I think the, the mystery of it is is, is sort of uh, lost on everyone. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, come and check it out, Dave, um, and all of the men that are listening this morning. Again, I invite you, and believe it or not, for this retreat, we've had a lot of people sign up already. I think it was because it was the first of the year. Yeah. They wanted to do something new mm-hmm. uh, to enhance their spiritual life, and you know, but we do have a few spots open for the February 2nd retreat at the W.J. Kelly Retreat Center in Bay St. Louis. Okay. And if you are interested in going, um, I ask anybody to go online to the St. Dominic website, which is stdominicparish.com. That's mm-hmm. stdominicparish.com. And there you can do the entire registration, you can do the transaction. And you'll be set and uh, on the on the roster for the retreat coming up February second, the road to Emmaus
3: Men's be retreat. On the road to Emmaus. This, this is really good. Now you're talking about anybody, everywhere, like Baton Rouge, Homer, Thibodeau, anybody in oh, yeah. any diocese can sign on. okay,
1: sure, yeah, come, come, one, come all.
3: Okay, um, the be-
1: road it's to Emmaus a beautiful retreat location too. retreat So, uh, if any men are listening right yeah. now, there are a
3: few spots left open. Okay, and, and Gabby was just saying about the location itself. It's it's a it's a beautiful venue, Gabby.
2: It's right in the heart of, of the bay, and it's My. right near the water. And it's a beautiful place because it's kind of secluded by trees, but you're in walking distance of, of old towns. So you get a lot of uh, women who I know have gone to silent retreats have walked to the coffee shops early in the morning Uh-oh. and came back and kind of gotten their exercise in yeah. and then continued on with the retreat before it started. You can walk to the water and stuff. It is a beautiful area to really connect with our Lord and nature. Highly recommend because you're, you're away from the city, but you're you're still in 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 a, in a beautiful part of town. As and well. actually, so, actually uh, anyone right,
3: anyone listening right now, you're not that far away. Well, unless you're listening online mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania or something like that. But but if you're in the <laughs> Gulf Coast, I mean, where it is located, it's it's not that far away from anybody. But you are getting away. This really does sound nice, Steve. Yeah. So one more time. Yeah,
1: Gabby, thank you for those words. It, it, we, this was the first time uh, last uh, retreat in August that we did. Um, the W.J. Kelly Center, and we all loved it. I mean, we've gone to other venues before, but you, you're right. You're right on about being so close to nature and the beach and, uh, all, you know, walking distance, almost everything. And, the uh, again, the retreat starts uh, Friday, February 2nd. Okay. But we do want everybody to meet at St. Dominic here at Lakeview, and okay. we will provide the transportation over there at the Bay St. Louis. Okay, Transportation is provided in the package. Uh, it's $200. If you can't make it, we've got the scholarship money available. Uh, All right. And what uh, we're going
3: to do for you, Steve, we're going we're to post that link on our uh, Facebook page as well. Hey, thanks for joining us great. again. Uh, much success thanks to it. Dave. Thanks, right. Gabby. God bless. Yeah. All right. It's uh, When we come back, we're going to be talking to Dan Miola, a wonderful new book at 17, 15 past the hour, on Wake Up.
0: This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for January 12th. Today we celebrate St. Marguerite Bourgeois. Canadians take a special delight in celebrating St. Marguerite. No wonder. The French-born woman who once planned to live a quiet life of a cloistered nun went on to leave her mark in her adopted home of Canada. This includes a school for Indian girls in Montreal, when it was still a French colony, and founding the Sisters of Notre Dame in 1676. Life in 17th-century Canada was not easy. Marguerite became acquainted with hardships of all kinds, poverty, natural disasters, and opposition from church authorities who did not share her vision for her new community. But, over time she prevailed, and the Sisters of Notre Dame welcomed several young Iroquois women. The schools established by the Sisters of Notre Dame, eventually numbering over two hundred, also prospered. Perhaps the best word to describe today's saint is "pioneer." Saint Marguerite was a woman of courage who, fortified by faith, set out on a new and unknown path from France to serve in the New World. By the time of her death in 1700, she was referred to as the Mother of the Colony. She was canonized in 1982. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day.
3: 18 past the hour, you are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm David La- Dawson. What is my name? I am David Dawson, <laughs> along with Gabby Smith. Damien <laughs> Collada is out today because he is on a retreat, a three-day retreat, Manresa Retreat. So God bless him. We're praying for you, Damian. And uh, if you're listening to us, turn that uh, radio off because you're on retreat. So uh, right now... <laughs> Uh, we, this, this is fascinating. I had this book on my desk, and I've gone through it, and this, this is amazing. We have an author, Dan Miola, and he's going to talk about this book. Uh, uh, well, we're going to talk about divorce and healing. In the, the book is called Life-Giving Wounds, A Catholic Guide to Healing for Adult Children of Divorce or Separation. Good morning, Dan.
5: Hey, good morning. Great to be here with you.
3: Well, thank you. Thank you for joining us so early in the morning. And look, you, you have a book. I think this is probably the most original topic that I've ever heard. Then as I'm, I'm going through it, I'm realizing that this is probably one of the most necessary topics uh, that I've ever heard, because we all know people in this situation or are in this situation. Talk about the, your, your topic of the book.
5: Yeah, so our book is a first of its kind. It's a comprehensive Catholic guide to looking at the pain of our parents' divorce or separation, really any family of origin wound. We, we like to say if you've experienced the breakdown in your family, you've lost the love of your parents together, this mm-hmm. is a book for you to deal with this. And we know these wounds often uh, surface throughout adulthood.
3: You know, I, I, we know. I know, and my wife and I also know. We, we know a lot of folks, and realizing that divorce has a huge ripple effect on a lot of people, even into their uh, mm-hmm. adulthood. And describe what this book is about. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's not full of magical formulas of here's what you do, or or how does it work?
5: <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, it's not a checklist, but we have done a lot of research. It's based on. Um, my own healing journey, but also my PhD studies looking into the different wounds of children divorced, and then our experience of actually accompanying over 1,500 adult children divorce separation now in our ministry. And it basically looks at seven different areas we may have been wounded, and then what are the remedies to those wounds from the perspective of faith, but it integrates good psychological advice as
3: well. Okay. All right. So if somebody's reading, I mean, somebody comes along with this, again, this is, this is a very original topic and very necessary, but if somebody's reading along, they're going to hit a chapter, and boy, that may really hurt. What, what, what do they do when, when they hit those parts?
5: Yeah, I mean, well, there's a lot of things. I mean, first of all, just acknowledging that you have a wound is huge, because <clears throat> we talk about, even at the beginning of the book, there, one of the first wounds is this inability to grieve. Uh-huh. Uh, divorce separation has been normalized uh there's been a lot of minimization of the pain the depth of the wound and so just recovering this ability to grieve is a huge first step but we can grieve in good and bad ways of course yeah. uh we believe there's a christian way of grieving with christ and he presents a very definitive view in scriptures like 1 thessalonians four thirteen. paul talks about grieving with hope don't grieve like the pagans do uh, who have no hope, but to grieve with hope, and what does that mean? Well, it means with Christ we can accept the crosses that we did not choose, and we can allow them through the the long healing work and the process to become a resource for faith, hope, and love.
3: Okay, so the book itself is sort of like to guide you along at least the right road. It's not going to fix you, right? <laughs>
5: No, I mean, there's some wounds. I mean, Christ never promised to take away all all suffering from this life. Right, right. right. But he did promise to fill all suffering with his presence. And he does want to transform it for a good. We do believe in Romans that all things uh, can be transformed for a greater good than the original evil that was inflicted. So what the book is really trying to do is, okay, to walk with Christ. How can we respond to these wounds with greater faith, hope, love, and joy? Um, And that can look in a lot of different ways. Like I just said, the ability to grieve, but also recovering our faith. A lot of us have lost our faith, recovering our identity, recovering our vision of marriage, which might be damaged, uh, recovering how to better totally give ourselves in friendships and love and discernment of relationships, uh, developing our emotional life towards virtue. Uh, And then a big one is, of course, that we talk about a lot is forgiveness and how forgiveness can also coexist with boundaries, of course. Uh, if you have some toxic family situations, right, forgiveness doesn't mean being a doormat. Um, it doesn't entitle the other person to hurt us. But nonetheless, we do have to forgive them. We do have to offer God's mercy and, and forgive ourselves for any mistakes that we make. So we kind of go through all that. But the overarching view is it's a Christian approach. Um, <clears throat> it's not a secular psychological approach, first and foremost. We do okay. incorporate psychology. But it's to help people suffer well. Yeah,
3: and eventually discover joy, peace, hope, and love. I mean, your, your inspiration, Dan, oh, go ahead, Gabby, I'm sorry.
2: Well, and, and you make such wonderful points uh, with what you just said, especially with not being a doormat, but forgiving the person who has hurt us or something that we're struggling with. I know that every situation is different when it comes to separation and divorce. It's uh, unique to each couple, it's a different story. Um, mm-hmm. Can you tell us your story? How did you find healing? And, 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 and in turn, how did that uh, prompt you to write something like this to help others?
5: Yeah, I mean, uh, for a number of years, I didn't heal. I was an angry young man. Uh, I call it my seven years of darkness where I just was angry. Uh, I would just kind of scream into the pillow. I was going through the motions. I was distant from God. And really, it was a retreat uh, that really reawoken my faith.
6: <laughs> and
5: um, brought me back to Jesus but but made me recognize I can't keep running from this pain. This pain is filtering mm-hmm. my present. It's overshadowing my future. It's affecting everything. You know, if I really want to live in the present, as they say, I have to confront this past. But for me, it was God's mercy, divine mercy, uh, and it was forgiveness, and it was realizing that uh, one, I needed to have forgiveness. I acted in very sinful ways in response to this trauma, but I had to forgive my parents who hurt me if I wanted to be free. Um, something that's really convicting, if I can leave your listeners with one thought, is um, the worst form of suffering is the suffering we reject. Uh, that's from Father Jack Philippe. That's his quote. And that's because we add to the original suffering rebellion and resentment. And the only way to really overcome that is to accept the suffering, but through forgiveness, offering forgiveness that's sometimes unilateral, and our parents may never say sorry, but it sets our hearts free for faith, hope, mm-hmm. and love. Um, and that really was the turning point. was going to confession and for and confessing that I was withholding forgiveness uh, from my father in wow. particular.
3: Wow. well, Dan. Uh- what you're talking about here, and, and what Gabby's saying, too, is everybody's story is unique. And it seems like uh, there, there's a whole lot of us and a whole lot of folks who are, um, it, it's it's children of a, adult divorce. It, am I, did I say that right, C-O-A? Uh, no, it's uh,
5: adult children and divorce. So okay. that refers to anybody at any point you experience your parents' divorce, but also separation. So even if uh, so you parents are separat- never married. Right is cohabitation dissolution abandonment anybody who's lost the love of their parents together
3: so this isn't necessarily just for those folks i mean this sounds like an important book for a lot of people to read simply because it would it would help for instance my wife and i we do marriage preparation and stuff this would probably help a lot with our uh, ministry and and compassion for this for this situation right
5: Oh, absolutely. I would love more engaged couples, married couples to read this book Uh and begin to seek healing together. And actually every other chapter, my wife and I, who's the other co-author, my wife Bethany, we talk about how to heal as a couple. So um, while there's individual work to do, there's definitely work as a couple. So I really encourage engaged couples, leaders who are helping engaged couples to pick up this book and to use this book within... Um, marriage prep and marriage enrichment
3: Please so do. so then it might even be more valuable than if uh, priests uh, read this book as well I guess
5: oh absolutely this is definitely also written for the leaders to help them better accompany couples who come from broken homes and that's over 50%
3: right right well this this is an incredible this is an incredible topic uh, and I think it's a go ahead Gabby you were going to say something oh excellent yeah it's a good resource Mm -hmm. you
2: know I think that so many people can benefit family members because you're absolutely right divorce is a ripple effect it doesn't just affect the the internal family in the household that is experiencing what's going on but the parents of the the ones involved the grandparents the siblings it's a ripple effect Mm -hmm. the friends um, everyone's affected through this so I think that it can be very beneficial to learn about how we can heal um, like you said uh, through that through that catholic that christian way um because everyone's going to tell you those self-help books, or everyone's going to try to give you advice. Even those who haven't been through divorce will try and give you advice. It oh, oh, may yeah. not be the best advice. Right. Um, you know. So mm-hmm. I think something like this, Dan, can be very beneficial because you have gone through this, and it makes that person feel, hey, I'm not alone. Because no. sometimes in that moment we do feel alone.
3: I think this book is very valuable. It's uh, Dr. Daniel mm-hmm. and Bethany Mayola. I'm saying it right, Mayola. Uh, Miola, Miola. No. Okay, great, great. <laughs> it's called it's called Life Giving Wounds, and that right there gives you hope. Just the name of the title here: A Catholic Guide to Healing for Adult Children of Divorce or Separation. Uh, Dan, where can they get this book? Where can we get this book? Because I'm getting uh, one.
5: <laughs> all right. Um, well, we'd appreciate if you uh, bought it from our website, LifegivingWounds.org. Okay. Um, that way, most proceeds go to our ministry. But you can also pick it up from Ignatius Press. Uh, or Amazon or Barnes & Noble, wherever
3: else you can get books. This is very, very valuable. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling it's going to be quite the seller. So, Dan Miola, Mm -hmm. thank you so much for joining us, and God bless you for for what you've done here.
5: Thank you so much. God bless your audience. We're praying for anybody who's been affected by this one. Yes, indeed. You're not alone. Mm -hmm.
3: Thank you, thank you. Wow, Gabby, how how unique. And and we were talking about this the Mm -hmm. other day. I don't know where you're going to get information like this anywhere. So, uh... We're grateful to be of service. (laughs) Yes. All right. All right. Well, when we come back, Gabby is going to be talking to Nicole Jones. She's a digital media manager and secretary of communications for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. It is half past the hour on Wake Up.
2: it is 35 past the hour you are tuning your heart to the truth i'm gabby smith along with david dawson our next guest is nicole jones she is a digital media manager and secretariat for communications and the diocese of baton rouge hey nicole good morning thank you for being with us
7: good morning everybody how are y'all doing great we
2: are doing great it's so glad happy to have friday. you with us you, yeah happy friday Even And better hey you've You've been busy, Nicole. You've been everywhere. As tell us a little bit about your recent travels and how the Diocese of Baton Rouge was a great representation over at uh, the Seek Conference in St. Louis, Missouri.
7: Oh yeah, well, so it all kind of started last year. I saw all of the stuff going on at Seek in St. Louis because they had it in the same location as they did the year prior. And so SEEK, if y'all don't know, is a conference, a national, kind of international now, conference led by FOCUS, the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. It's a big national organization for um, ministries, for colleges specifically. And so they have this conference every year. And I went when I was in college. But last year, I feel like there's a bit of FOMO, you know, like the fear of missing out of, oh, my gosh, like I need to be there. That's where all the young Catholics are. And so me and a group of friends ended up going over there um, and while I was prepping for it, I was talking to Father Josh and he was like, Oh yeah, well, like I'm gonna be a keynote, you know, all this information's coming out and I was like, Oh my gosh, I think the diocese is gonna be represented yeah really well whenever I get there and so it was one of the things where I'm like, I think I need to bring my diocesan camera and I think I need to kind of boots on the ground this event and just kind of cover it from a diocesan angle. And so, you know, we get there and Father Josh gave the keynote on the first night. There were twenty thousand or over oh. twenty thousand people there wow. and then on the like biggest night whenever they open everyone up for adoration and they they invite other people you can get like a day pass for that day there were twenty four thousand people My it was in goodness. the old ram stadium in st louis it was incredible Gee. and so you know father josh gave his keynote on the first night father matthew dunn and christ the king went friend U students were there Deacon Michael Parker was there wow. because of Vagabond missionaries, um, and, and, and our diocesan Vagabond missionaries were also there. We had seminarians there, John Harris and Trey Holmes. John Harris was a focus missionary, so it was cool to see him go back. And then we also had the Mercedarians, the Mercedarian sisters. So oh, the fine. Were there as well. What so it was scream? literally every vocation. There were, yeah, there were young people, there were parents, there were people who are missionaries for, you know, the culture project, other focus missionaries that had come through LSU had come through our diocese. So it was really cool to see. And Curtis Martin, the founder of focus actually went to LSU years and years ago. So, you know, it was really Mm -hmm. cool to see just how much the diocese of Baton Rouge kind of impacted this conference.
2: That's amazing. Okay. So Is there hope, (laughs) Nicole, the older generations, not knocking on you, Dave. Yeah, you are. But I always say those young kids don't know what they're doing, okay? And there's no hope. Nicole, is there hope after attending a conference like this? What are you seeing? What are young people fired up about with the Catholic
3: faith?
7: Oh, my gosh. I think being able, that's always that, you know, the conference experience that people have. Like, you know, a lot of people with the Steubenville Conferences, with Abbey Youth Fest back in the day, it was having your little parish community, having this small group of people, and then realizing in the best way that you are not alone. Like, there are so many other people that are just like you, and they have this faith. And when I tell you the Holy Spirit was just present every time the large group gathered, I mean, t- again, I say 20,000 young people, there were so many people there. And also, it was beautiful to see so people who were focused missionaries, you, they always kind of come back because they have different tracks for people. And so, you know, it's not only these young people in college or these older kind of people that are coming to this conference. It's young people who were focused missionaries who have come back with their babies. The amount of babies oh. at Tique alone mm-hmm. were inspiring, you know? <laughs> and so I definitely think that, yeah, there's just this this reality that if people give young people a chance within the church, like... It's not we're the future of the church. They are the now of the church, right, just as right. much as anybody else. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think people need to start giving them credit because it was incredible to <laughs> see, even for someone who works for a diocese and is someone who's pretty young, on fire for their faith. You know, it was it was beautiful to see, really inspiring.
3: Nicole, you you were talking about all the how Baton Rouge was represented with the with the speaking and such. Who were some of the other speakers? I mean, nationally known speakers, right?
7: So, yeah, of course, Father Mike Schmitz is always the go-to. Everyone Uh loves Father Mike. He gave one of the keynotes before Adoration. But I have to Mm -hmm. share, Monsignor James Shea, he is at the University of Mary. This man gave one of the most inspiring keynote talks I think I've ever been to. And I had been to a few, Mm -hmm. like, Father Mike Schmitz talks from, like, 2019 that were Mm mind-blowing. But everyone, the, the talk that everyone talked about at the end of the week, was the talk by Monsignor Shea. Really? And so if you want to go and listen to any of the talks that were done at Seek, especially the keynotes, you could go to seekreplay.com and you just have to create a free account okay. and you can watch any of the videos there. But yeah, Monsignor Shea's talk, I've never heard a room of 20,000 people so quiet. I, I always say, it's <sighs> like you couldn't even hear a pin drop, you could hear a pin click, it was that quiet. Wow. And that's commanding an audience, I would say.
6: So
3: goodness
2: yeah okay i'm gonna look that up yes well i really appreciate that update and it's so wonderful to hear that of course when we see young people gather we get all excited because it's just it's it's amazing to see the attendance for events like that so thank you so much for that Mm -hmm. recap nicole let's kind of continue this discussion of vocations and let's focus on called by name so that's something that the diocese of baton rouge is helping with can you tell our listeners a little bit more about this program
7: Yes. Yeah, so basically, over the next two weeks, our diocese is implementing a vocation promotional kind of initiative within our diocese. Um, the idea is that there are good prospective priests in our diocese. There are good, strong, holy men that have never been asked or invited to even consider discerning the priesthood. And so, Father Josh mm-hmm. has really been praying through this, and he was like, you know what? I think it was like in 2008, 2009, the diocese had this program called Called By Name, and the idea was priests would preach about their vocation stories, talk about their testimonies, and over time, they would inspire people to actually invite young men in our diocese to consider the priesthood, Um, because really it's not something, again, like these guys have never even considered it, because no one's ever even asked them, and so... At the heart of the program, it's really just inviting other people to be a part of God's call and invitation. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, our diocesan website has a page. It's diobr.org forward slash called dash by dash name. And so there's a little website on there. Father Josh did a video promoting it. And another fun fact, (laughs) it's a little... um, (laughs) a little precursor of what's happening in the next two weeks is that I actually interviewed Bishop Duca and Father Josh about their testimonies and their um, story of discerning the priesthood. And so I have a few videos coming out on our diocesan social media as well over the next few weeks just talking about um, the need for discernment. it's really cool because our bishop used to be... a vocations director. He used to be a part of, he he worked at a seminary. He was like the head rector of a seminary in Dallas, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's really cool to see that we're about to really focus in on vocations in our diocese and to see the fruit that might come from that if people just join with God and ask.
2: Yeah, that's wonderful. We will definitely be sharing those videos. I want uh, our listeners to kind of take a look at that, viewers, and I want to look and see. And uh, Father Josh Johnson is such a dynamic priest and Bishop Duca, just to hear that those local people in our diocese uh, give their testimony and their story and their call. So thank you so much, Nicole, for the— Yes, and and that's also, I think that's what makes it so relatable as well. It's not this, like, clean-cut story, but a a story of vulnerability and of maybe questioning at times, but then saying yes and giving that yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, what led you to that yes. So, Nicole, uh, where can our listeners and viewers go and learn a little bit more about what you do in the Diocese of Baton Rouge?
7: So if you're ever interested in following the diocese on any social media platform, Facebook and Instagram. Our handle is diocesebr. If you ever want to learn anything that's going on in our diocese news related or just get any updates, you can go to diobr.org and all of our information will be there.
2: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Nicole Jones, Digital Media Manager and Secretariat for Communications in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Thank you so much for joining us today.
7: Thank you all. Have a good Friday.
2: All right, you too. Stay with us. Anna Camacho with Corda Candles joins us when we return from the break. It's 45 past the hour on wake up. It is 48 past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with David Dawson. We're excited about our next guest because we have tried her wonderful scented candles, Corda yes. Candles. We have Anna Camacho now joining us right now. She's the owner and maker, maker of Corda Candles, Sense of the Saints. Hey, Anna, good morning. Thank you for being with us today.
8: Hi, Gabby and David, good morning. I'm very excited to be with you, and I'm also here with Michael, who is the co-owner of Corda, and also my husband.
6: Oh wow! Hello. Wonderful. Hey, hey.
8: Hi. Hey,
6: Michael. <laughs> oh, you got well, him up we early. Are big fans. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah. Anna and Michael, we are big fans of Corda Candles, and many of our listeners who have also tried your candles, um, it, it's just a, it's a popular thing uh, when it comes to candles in general. But yours are quite unique because each candle is represented by a different saint. So, kind of tell us the story of how you guys started Corda Candles.
8: Oh, we love telling about this story because it really goes to the saints themselves. St. Saint Joseph, i say, is also one of the founders of Corda because he's the patron saint of folks who are unemployed or looking for work. And that was my situation a number of years ago where I was doing jobs that just had me on the computer in front of the screen all day, and I just really wanted to do something creative with my hands, um, and after praying to him for about six or seven years for a new job, <laughs> uh, he answered and gave me the idea to create scents uh, that actually were directly inspired by different holy men and women or aspects of the faith. So, for instance, his his candle is called Carpenter Shop, and it actually smells like yep. you're there. Mm-hmm. Um, in the workshop with him, it has notes of Wood and sawdust and leather. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a lot of Marian ones, like our roses in winter, Mm -hmm. which is for Our Lady of Guadalupe. And it has kind of fur needles for that wintery scent. And then Castilian roses to remind us of the miracle at Guadalupe.
3: No, you're, you're, you're right. You're right. One one of my favorites is the the Carpenter Shop. I love that one, too. And then there's a, my, another favorite of mine is the St. Michael, the Archangel one. I mean, talk about the smells that are in that, because that really makes my room smell like a, a church. <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we wanted that one to be um, really the primary scent of incense. Um, and then there's also uh, Sandalwood, which is kind of a bit of like a softer scent, um, mm-hmm. you know, because St. Michael also, one of the things that we try to do is just really learn about, uh, as well as pray to the saints that we're trying to create a kingdom for, and um, lesser well-known, you know, he has this role of accompanying the dead as well after um, after they pass away. And so there's, you know, kind of elements of strength, but also of
3: gentleness as well. Yeah. Smells great, though. It's amazing. Yeah.
2: Well, and it, I'm always curious. How do you guys come up with the scents? Can Can you take us through the candle making process? If I hope it's not like a magic secret or like the secret, you know, you no one looks into. It, it's in a vault, you know, type thing.
8: Sure. Well, I will tell you. Every single one feels like a gift, and it's interesting because you know you kind of have an idea of who you want to do a can of four or maybe even some sense, but, um, it always just, it always just feels like this was kind of more than I could just come up with on my own. And a lot of times it, it really starts with the person. It really starts with the scene and we just deep dive into their lives. If they've written anything themselves, if they have novenas and litanies and prayers and, um, the liturgy, you know, they the education homilies. Like, the church is so rich in resources about the saints, and even if we think, you know, we already know them so well, um, mm-hmm. we still really try and start kind of fresh with them and just really go into it with the... Idea to get to know them better and see if there's something in their life, in their patronages, that can translate that we can translate their life into sense. And sometimes it doesn't work at all, and sometimes <laughs> it it really does.
3: Did you have any duds? Oh Did you have any ones that y'all said, Oh heck no, <laughs> this is not gonna sell. Did you have any like that?
8: Oh <laughs> uh, we've we've had we've probably had more duds than we've had okay. successes.
6: Some of it can take years, you know. I mean the Saint Francis candle, we were working on that one for many years because you can know the scent, but then they don't play well together in the in the candle and um, so you've gotta there's sort of a science And a a lot of testing as well as just kind of the inspiration. Right,
3: because it it smells one way as wax and then it smells the other way as burnt. Uh, Isn't that right?
8: It is, right, yeah. Yeah. And even like for our Fiat Camel, which has strawberry, I think I tried about 20 different strawberry scents just to find the right strawberry component and that's not you know that's just one component of the overall scent so right. it can definitely you know take some testing but it's also the really fun part <laughs>
3: yeah yeah no w- w- one thing i love about them is it's not sickly sweet that that's what i was talking about before the show started with gabby is like yeah. you know walk into a room and everything is heavily thickly sweet smelling and it just it just gets to you but but this is a sense I think a lot of people forget about. I think that's very important is a sense of smell. And when you come into a place, sometimes that's your first impression. And I, th- I think your candles leave a good one.
8: Thank yeah. you. And that's something we learned from the church, right, about how important our senses are. Yeah. You know, we joke about smells and bells, but right. the, the church really makes sure that the whole person is involved in you know praying and that includes our sense of smell like you mentioned so it's neat to be able to do that at home in our domestic churches as well
2: yes this is the perfect addition to your maybe prayer corner or on a table when you're you're meditating or you're praying light that candle up and 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 smell like you're in a church or or kind of connect with the saint of that day Mm -hmm. um i think this is a perfect opportunity for that Anna and Michael, where can our listeners and viewers go to check out your website and purchase some candles for themselves?
8: We would love for folks to visit the website. It's CordaCandles.com, and Corda is C-O-R-D-A, Candles.com, and we've got lots of stories on the Saint, of the St. there, lots of neat information, um, plus, of course, our candles to
3: explore. Wonderful.
2: Wonderful. Yes. Thank you so much, you guys, Anna and Michael Camacho, owners and makers of Corda Candles. You can go and learn more from their website in the comment section for today's Facebook live video. Thank you so much, guys, for being with us today.
6: Thank you. Thanks,
8: Gabby. Thanks, David.
6: God bless.
2: Nice. Well I wonder I'm I wonder if they have buy one you that, an uh, apple
3: pie candle, Dave. See, no, no, don't <laughs> do one. that. No, give me one of these. Give me one of these. I was just wondering I, if, <laughs> if they have any that are strong enough for a teenager's room. You know, I wonder if they have anything like that. <laughs> Industrial strength. Well, if I want strength. a
2: candle in a teenager's room, that sounds like a hazard. Maybe some Febreze or something, some extra strength Febreze. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just. No,
3: I think I think that's I don't
2: know.
3: A, a, an industrial in drum sense. of that, right? Yeah. But these candles, are, and I recommend to go to the website. It's very easy to shop around and everything, and get a. Um Get a sampler. Go ahead, and get a sampler. I think you can pick the smells you yes. know that you're interested in, and uh, and these little teeny candles you not teeny, but the little sample candles that you think aren't going to do much. Teens. They really do. They're really good. Tea lights. Yeah. That's what you call them. Okay. Definitely
2: check them out for sure. The tea lights, they smell delicious. And uh, you're definitely going to want to buy some more good gifts as well. So, anyway, Dave, we're running out of time. If you don't mind closing us out, not at all, not at all.
3: Let us pray (laughs) in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, inflame my heart with your love and make me a clean and make me clean and whole in body and mind and spirit. May I never doubt your love, nor cease to tell others of your mercy and compassion. Amen. Father, Son, Holy
2: Spirit, Spirit, Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll catch you back here Monday at 7 a.m. Central Time. Thank you so much to Jeff Blackwell, our audio director, and Karen Cotton, our video technical director. On Monday, Alan Migliorato talks how to raise a Catholic teen in today's world. He'll give us tips. We're also talking to Dr. Kimberly Hinkle with the Walk for Life West Coast. Next week is a March for Life. And so we'll dive deeper into that as well. Have a wonderful Friday and a great weekend. God bless.
1: Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community
5: Media.